Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with Buddy. We were bringing you these every Friday morning with a new story, and we, we love to share the stories. We hope the story will impact someone, and we hope that someone is you. Uh, we appreciate you listening each week to our um, podcast. Uh, we do pray it's impacting you, and we ask that you actually uh, subscribe to our podcast, uh, like it, share it, uh, especially on your favorite social media platform. We love to get the stories out to the people, and we're impacting the world one testimony at a time. Uh, this morning, I have a great guest. He's a new friend of mine. I met him maybe a month ago. His name is Travis Youngs. Welcome, Travis. And thanks for having me, buddy. Dude, it's a pleasure, man. This is awesome. Uh, I love being around you, man. You have a lot of energy, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna feel some of your energy today. I'm pretty sure. Hey, let me introduce you first, and then we're gonna dive into uh, your journey of life. Um, it's it's gonna be a good one. So, here's what I know about you. I actually had you give me a little bit of information because I I know you a little bit, but I'll learn a lot more about you. So here's what you say: you're you're a father of three, a husband of eight years. Uh, what's your wife's name? Uh, Megan. Her name is Megan Youngs. What are your kids' names? Uh, Luke, Isaac, and Haven. Ages? Uh, gonna be seven, gonna be six, and two. So you guys are busy. But we are very busy. Do you have a plan to have more kids? I want more kids. I don't know if my wife wants more kids. I want a whole gang of girls, you know? But um, <laughs> whatever God's will is that way, um, whether we adopt or, or whatever it looks like, um, I do want more children. So you think of adopting? Maybe. Yeah, if, 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 if God wills it. Yeah. All right. So uh, you're a follower of Jesus. Uh, you've been on a, a mental health journey that God has helped you through, uh, which is really what we're going to talk about today, a lot of that. Uh, you love people. I can tell. I, I met you the first time, and uh, you and I, the first time we met, I was like, yeah, hey, let's grab coffee, let's hang out. Yeah. So I really appreciate that. Uh, you're a faith-driven entrepreneur. Uh, oh, by the way, I'm about to work uh, at the rec. So apparently you have a new position at the rec. Talk about that just for a moment. I'll finish here. Yeah, so tell us about that. Um, this has just been God just opened, opened the door, and I'm just so thankful for Tim Davis and uh, to be the event coordinator as well as the donation coordinator for the rec and dollar mentoring um as i transitioned out of faded i love faded and i wish john david the best with his uh with the barbershop uh it's just he couldn't afford me anymore and but i believe i'm gonna lead into all my strengths uh there at the rec and i'm just very grateful that i'll be able to work for a nonprofit that's so impactful in these communities like that when does the rec start i think like two weeks from now all right so you have a two-week break of just oh i'm gonna be going to coffee with people loving on people and just Growing my little ministry, so doing your thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, you have a new men's group. Yeah. Uh, is it like a Bible study? Yeah, it's a Bible study, but God is opening like so many doors. Um, more and more men keep coming every week. <laughs> We're gonna have to find a new location. Wow. But but God is. Really, it has been about a month now. We're going through the Book of Hebrews. Um, it's been a really impactful book. But it's been a time where we're able to be vulnerable with each other and just. Iron sharpens iron, right? At the men's group that you have, or, uh, that Finn leads on Wednesday has also been a great place for me to go as well. But dude, like it's been incredible. Someone emailed me yesterday and it's just blown me away. God is blowing me away in this season of my life. Yeah. How many guys are in your Bible study? How many did you start out with and how many are currently? Two and now it's six, seven. It's going to be so we're, It's small, but it's going to keep growing. And shout out to Armando and, and Jason because Jason and my wife, Megan, were there were the people that got together. We had coffee, and next thing you know, we're meeting about Jesus. So Bible study, man. Yeah. Okay. Let's see here. 
Uh, through through my trials of running from Jesus, my entire family was saved. That's interesting. I'm a son and a brother as well. The main thing I want to share is that God provided, uh, despite me having no degree and despite severe ADHD, so God still provided uh, for you through that whole time. Um, you've been married, you said eight years? Eight years. In- okay. You were heavily medicated from age eight to 17, but you've been off uh, those medications for 10 years. Let's start out just kind of hearing your journey. Where'd you grow up at? So, tell, tell me about your parents, yeah. kind of the dynamic and, and what makes you who you are today. So um, my, my folks, uh, love them to death, Bill, Bill and Amy Young's uh, great, uh, great parents, uh, but we didn't know Jesus. Yeah, we grew up in Dallas or Dallas for a bit and then Gresham. Then we moved back to Monmouth, you know, it's kind of where I grew up. So kind of all over the place, you know, grew up in a, you know, more like a partying atmosphere. My folks like to party, always getting together, and which I love that. But um, just, you know, it, but it was a great time. When I, what, I, what I saw at a young age was uh, my mom was really loving and caring and was a school teacher. And my dad just worked his butt off, got up every morning, 3 a.m. and went to work and, and showed me how it looks to, by power and by might, not by by faith, but I, 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 uh, I, I'm so thankful for my dad, Bill, because he, he, he showed me what a work ethic looks like. Uh, and I, I wouldn't be here today if I, if I didn't have two solid parents always investing in my life. And now, uh, they, they love the Lord and, and it's incredible. So, and you have one, one sibling. I have one brother. Yeah. Yeah. Trevor. Trevor. Yeah. What a great young man. Oh man. He, was he 24? Yeah. He's going to be 25 this year. Okay. So he's roughly five years younger than you. Almost exactly. Cause his birthday is July 9th and mine is July 19th. So. Right. He's a soft spoken young man. Uh, loves the Lord. Uh, just real, uh, soft, uh, just a, a soft heart. He's, he's the meekest, nicest genuine human I've ever met in my life. I mean, he's my best, best friend. He'd been there since the beginning of every little thing. Yeah. Okay. So walk me through, uh, you mentioned, you know, early on you were heavily medicated. Yes. So walk us through that journey. What, you know, what was up with ADHD and. So, um, without going into specifics, like my mom had some trauma growing up in her life. So, you know, naturally they didn't know how to handle me. Right. So it, it, hey, go to the same psychiatrist that I'm going to and see if they can't help me, you know? And so, and I was, as I am today, very extra. I thought I was, I would just speak bluntly and just say things on a little kid. Uh, and they're like, Hey, you know, he's having trouble focusing in school and this and that. So, you know, my parents did what they thought was best to get me, uh, through school and stuff like that. And that was to be on medication. Uh, but soon I found that that was not conducive to uh, me, because I just felt like I was a zombie. I wasn't myself. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't blame my parents for that. It was just what they felt was best. And I think that back in those days, I think a lot of people felt that was best. Like nowadays, you know, they give little small doses of Ritalin. Not then. They give you a shit ton. Excuse my language, but like, and yeah, like one time I took uh, too much and I was up for like three days. Like, you know, it wasn't my wanting to do that it was i accidentally forgot that i took it and yeah i never abused it but what what led so after what led me out of that was self-medicating with marijuana and stuff which didn't turn out good because when did you start self-medicating with marijuana i gosh i don't know i was like 16 or 17 towards the end of me just being fed up taking medication so you 
Was it that you were self-medicating, or you just wanted to go smoke marijuana? What was that? It was kind of like both, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like both. Your buddies. Hanging out with my buddies, yeah. you know? And they call it self-medicating, but right. you were smoking weed. Okay, cool. Right, right. I was partying, and I'm like, you know, I don't... Those, some of those days were great and fun, you know, and, and, and stuff, but... Uh, I was in this is now, but uh, how long did you stay on that journey of self-medicating with marijuana? Well, it had to be like four or five years at least, right? No, three... I don't know, it was a... Well... I don't even know. Three, four years. It was a long, it felt like a long period of time, but it really wasn't, you know? Looking back, it wasn't, but when you're in it. Yeah. I do it for a few years. Searching for bottom, you know? Yeah, yeah for sure. Okay. Uh, did you do sports in high school? Yes, I played fo- I played football in high school. Um, Central High? Yeah, I did. I you did. did. Okay. Uh, Independence. What position did you put up? Uh, running back and linebacker. Okay. Yeah. You love football? It's okay. You know, I just did it because my cousin was like, hey, and shout out to Kelsey. It's She was like, hey, this will make you not be a weird kid. So, like, go play go play football, you know? I'm like, All right, I'll just go listen to her. And, and it it was a great uh, – Coach Hedrick is a fantastic mentor of mine early on and really righted my path at a young age. Him and Odie Campos and people like that who taught me discipline outside of my father, taught me discipline and how to work hard and how to get get after it, and that that was uh, detrimental if I look back, you know. You say it was detrimental? It was detrimental. How so? Which is because, like, I think they showed an example of what men look like, you know? Because back in those days, when you're in that, that stage of flex, when you're an adolescent, teenager, you don't really know, like, what what's going to happen. You don't know what your purpose is, you know? And at least I didn't, and having men like that as coaches were, were detrimental to my development as a, as a man, I'd say. Okay, interesting. Especially Coach Hedger. Got it. Okay. So when did you meet Megan? Uh, when did marriage begin for you? Uh, yeah, tell, tell us about the journey of getting married. Yes, well, I met Megan in high school, actually, and I was involved with all these other women, but yet she was always giving me, like, advice or, you know, and I met her, like, my junior year in high school, I think, and... Um, she does every little thing, right? And uh, but we were just friends, and then, uh, gosh, one thing led to another, and she just—I I knew, like, she loved the Lord, and 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 I wanted a woman that was going to stay home with our kids and raise them in the Lord, and I saw that from just being bringing her family briefly. That's the dynamic that they had already, okay. and uh, I saw that, and I'm like, well, maybe this is the one, you know? So I. And we, I led her through all sorts of journeys, man. We bumpy roads, man. We broke up a billion times, you know, because I was still partying and wanted to be the life of the party while she was just trying to appease me and was there, you know. And, uh, but I had lots of people praying for us. And, and if I look back, uh, marriage, we had the smallest wedding ever, you know, um, in a small little church. And our life has been nothing but a faith journey together. Yeah. And I can confidently say that the only reason why we're still married is because of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Because you can read all the books in the world you want to read about marriage, about parenting, yeah. but you, we ought to read the one book. We ought to read the Bible. And 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 my wife and I, and she can attest this, God has been like a three-quarter of my wife and I on the other side, and God in the middle. And as we traverse through life, he'd been our counselor, our provider, our, our, our um, mentor, our, you know, our, <laughs> our everything. Uh, how old were you guys when you got married? Twenty, was it twenty one? No, twenty two. Okay, 
because we dated for a year, we're engaged for a year, and then married for eight, so it's been 10 years. Okay, 10 years, so yeah, you're 30, so yeah. started 20, 21, 22, yeah. got married. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. She was there through everything, and I just to say, she's the most spectacular woman you'd ever meet. She's so faith-driven. Her family is incredible, and I wouldn't be, I clearly would not be the man I am today if it wasn't for meeting Megan and her family. Thank God for our wives. When did you finally wake up and realize she was the one, you know, you're going to let go of this past life, this party life, chasing girls or whatever, to go, you know what, Megan, you're the one. So I was at a rave, and um, I'm at a rave, and I'm sitting there at the table. I had a headache, and I'm like, what's a rave? A rave is like where, like, a lot of, like, dubstep music or whatever is going on, and darkness you know i mean people are got it high on all sorts of things and yeah. i'm at this rave and i have a bunch of women everywhere and all this and you know i was dancing and stuff and i go to sit down at the table and i'm like my parents raised me better than this hmm. you know my parents raised me better than this i have a good girlfriend in my life what am i doing here you know I, and like that was kind of the moment i was like all right and then um i left to uh, california to do forest fires and that was kind of another pivotal moment where um where i lost everything you know and got down on my knees and asked jesus hey if you're real i need your help and none of my friends picked up their phone at that time in my life no other friend hey can you come get me i'm trapped up here in san francisco you know no 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 i called everybody no 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 but the one people that did answer and got me a plane ticket with my folks and so, Mom and Dad said, "Come back home." Mom and Dad said, "Come." It was like the prodigal son returning. And through all the the trials, my entire immediate family was saved in, in Jesus' name. Yeah, through your trial, through my trial. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. But yeah, and that was the pivotal moment. That was the pivotal moment, definitely. Because and I came back home. I told, because she was my girlfriend at that time. I told her, "Hey, I'm serious. Like, you know, this changed me. I want to be a better man." And I had that talk with her dad, who who was also a great mentor. His name's Chuck O'Daniel. He's a great mentor of mine. Uh, and he said, hey, young man. He gave me the talk. Hey, can I have your, what, your daughter's hand in marriage? Hey, well, here's the things you need to do. And when people, it's just the wisest. He reminds me of Finn. Very wise. Been in the word for many years. And he's like, you know, the one thing, you know, you need to do when people are going to hate on you or tell you this or that, you have to turn the other cheek. You got to show their love. And you got to... Um, just be a man. That's what a man's like, Travis. And that conversation came, what, eight or nine, ten years ago. Yeah. So that had an impact. I mean, you're ten years later and you're telling the same story. So those mentors in your life, which is why you're a direct, because now you're going to hopefully pay it forward and be a mentor. You probably are mentoring men right now. Just as you were mentored as a young man, that is really cool. Do you feel like that's something, maybe a calling in your life to be a mentor? Yeah, you know, um, I've been blessed to have now looking back, many mentors in my life, um, whether it was Amway or, um, and shout out to Jesse and Taras and Derek because they showed me what business looks like. Yeah. Um, and then what came to Shane Hedrick and Odie Campos and my coaches and, and Tim Davis, to be honest, you know, I mean, and these incredible men and Jason and Armando and my, my brother and my dad, like it all is just mashing together right now. And I'm, I've always wanted to pay it forward. Just didn't know how, but now God made a way. Yeah. God made a way. No degree. No nothing. I didn't go to college, man. Yeah. Somebody used a, uh, uh, an analogy 
recently. I, I probably won't say it exactly right, but you know, accountability is kind of like a grape being crushed and what comes out of that. But we're being crushed on a daily basis. You know, we're being sharpened. And I think that's what accountability, that mentorship, what it sounds like in your life, you're being crushed from all these different men. And like, whatever's, whatever needs to be squeezed out is out, and what needs to come in is coming in. What do you, as, as a dad, what's, what's important to you about raising your kids? What do you want them to know about you, your faith, being a man of God, uh, a husband of one wife? What's that look like? to you what do you want them to know what's important well my kids first of all i love them to death um what i want them to know is it takes hard work and determination to get to where you want to go um you have to trust jesus with everything you got and stake the sacrifice to have a wife stay home you know that's what i want them to know that's what i want them to hear uh that they're great kids um it's, it's not easy raising kids you know and we've mentioned this last time like you can read all the books you want, but each kid's going to have a different personality. And, um, but when we're not the best parents, cause I don't think anybody's the best parents, but the one, the one thing I would say is you have to rely on God and, um, rely on God for everything to allow you to be a good parent. Um, one of the things like, you know, you, you want to speak life into them. You, you, you know, as a dad, you know, they see me for such a short period of time. I have to be careful that I'm able to speak life into them and that I'm uplifting them and that they they feel valued while I'm around uh, because I have mom constantly, you know, yeah. um, especially for my daughter and well, my boys too, but like, and they have beautiful minds just like mine. And uh, so it's, it's, it's been a struggle, but man, if anything, just go after your passions and trust Jesus. Hmm. You have two older boys and then your daughter's the youngest one of the, so that she has two older brothers looking over her. Over her and protecting her. Right. Okay. So you, you, uh, the thing I know about you is you love entrepreneurship. You want to be an entrepreneur. Uh, you've done different businesses. Walk us through some of those businesses. You recently were a part of a business that you're no longer a part of. I want to hear about that journey a little bit. But walk, walk us through being an entrepreneur and what does that look like? Well, I mean, being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart, first of all. <laughs> yeah. Not, not at all. Because, you know, you see it glamorized on Instagram, but then nobody's actually doing the work. You know, the guy's not, he's already done the work just telling you that. Uh, it's not easy. Uh, gosh, like, yeah, the pool and spa company that I helped with really taught me how to network. Uh, and thank you for Scott Guptill for that. Um, taught me how to network, taught me how to connect with people. Um, my wife and I own our own natural skincare business, but we're not able to get it off the ground just because of uh, us choosing Amway in, in that season of life. Um, but, entrepreneurship looks like you doing whatever it takes, putting in the hours, taking the risks and just going, getting after it and ignoring the people that are going to be haters. Cause the people that are going to be haters are the ones that aren't doing the work that you're trying to do. You want to be around people that are going to encourage you. See, that's one thing Tim Davis said, pick your five, pick your five people you are running with in life. And they're going to help increase your, your spiritual journey, your emotional journey. Your, your physical journey, your, uh, you know, journey with your wife, your kids, everything, your a financial journey. Yeah. I've heard that before. You show me who your five friends are. And I'll show you what your future looks like. Is that what Tim was saying? Oh yeah. That's, that's his, that's his bit. But entrepreneurship, I guess in a whole is not easy, but, uh, as I've traversed it and been in management roles and this and that, what I've noticed is, you know, <clears throat> there's things that are going to come up 
and you just have to not let them affect your home life because oftentimes you just bring everything home and it ain't good. But for me, I put on the same hat everywhere I go. I'm Travis everywhere I go, whether they like it or not. So this is not up. You live authentically you. Yeah, that's yeah. what Yeah, does it bring you joy to live that way? Yeah, why not? Why should we be fake with people, man? Come on. <laughs> yeah. How many people actually live a fake life? All the time, dude. All the time. All the time. I mean, who, why are we trying to appease people? It's interesting. I don't know why. I think it's because Instagram, the clout machine's running wild, right? Like everybody wants to be liked, and including myself. Sure. Yeah. You know, you want to be liked. You want to have the likes, the notoriety, the impact, you know, the, um, but you, you can't you have to serve first, you know, like, and that's what entrepreneurship too is. You have to serve first. You can't, like Jesus came and washed the feet. We can't just be like, oh, we're already king, you know? Like, that's not how it works. Keep washing those feet, man. Hey, keep washing the feet. Speaking of that, how do you serve your wife? I serve my wife. That's a great question. I don't do a very good job of it. I'll be I'll be completely honest. Some accountability. Yeah, of course. I uh, hear a live on camera. Live on camera. Accountability. Yeah, because, but no, um, I just, I try to compliment her and, and you know, love on her and uh, make sure that she's well, you know, yeah. emotionally, physically. My wife, Megan, holds the whole boat together. I'll tell you that right now. She holds the whole boat together because, we, like I said, we've took an extreme sacrifice so that, you know, she could be a stay-at-home mother. And she's with them all day long, every day. And uh, she's the strongest, incre most incredible woman I've ever met. No one holds a candlestick to, to, to my wife. That's crazy. Yeah. How could you improve? Uh, what are some areas where you could... Uh... You can improve uh, serving your wife. Man, maybe uh, make a dinner for, you know, yeah, make a dinner for cleaning up more, you know. Um, I try to vacuum here and there, but she does all the dishes, a little bit laundry. She does everything. Maybe take on a couple of those roles, even though I am exhausted when I come home, do those things, because she'll notice that. Yeah. yeah, give her a break. Give her a break. And what's been good is that she's been able to go to the gym in the evenings or in during the day, and my mom's been able to watch the children until... That's been healthy for, for her mental health, for my mental health, and for our relationship as a whole. Have you ever read the book, The Five Love Languages? No, but in, when I was in Amway, that was always a, that was a, a book on the list. Okay. Yeah. The challenge in the next 30 days is read the, book. read the book. Yeah, the whole goal of The Five Love Languages is to figure out what your wife's love language is. Because oftentimes, your love language might be X, and your wife's might be Y, but we operate out of X. We think our wives' love language is ours. Mm. The trick is to forego your love language and go figure out what hers is. That's a new, that's a, maybe a next level for you, there for you all of us guys. Yeah. And just because you might know what it is doesn't mean you actually operate in that. So she likes physical touch. Yeah. Okay. So you understand a little bit of that. Yeah. Just a hug, kiss, whatever. So, all right. And how do you elevate that? What What's your love language? Probably like, I don't know, like, what is the word? Autumn, or like people. A word of affirmation? Yeah, maybe that's one. Hey, Charles, yeah. you look good, man. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. hey, I saw you at the gym. Awesome. Right. That, that, like people lifting me up or edifying people. Okay, talking good about you. Yeah. Okay. Which is yeah. extremely selfish, right? But hey. We all like that, though. Yeah, yeah. we all like that. Yeah. What is, uh, so you, your a recent business that you had, uh, you worked at, um, is no longer. How long were you part of the barbershop? It was like, uh, since like January. Okay. Fe what was February, actually? 
So it was going well. Going well. Just what what needed to happen for you guys to get it to a next level? Um, there's a question. Um, so you know, looking back, it was a great journey and it grew me a lot um, when it came to bookkeeping and payroll and all these things. Um, but what I think mistake we made was um, the owner didn't take a loan, did, didn't didn't have the money set aside for the expansion of his company. And I think that that's kind of where he fell short in that. But um, we all learn, you know, and I hope that he learns that, you know. But I'd love to help his company in the next few years anyway. I mean, I just, for I'd do something for no pay, man. God will provide. Like, I, I don't really care. That's true for you. Yeah, I don't really care. Well, it, and isn't life about learning lessons along the way? I mean, nothing happens perfectly. 100%. And there's a lot of lessons to be learned. We all fight learning lessons like, why are we going through a hard time? But maybe there's a lesson we need to learn. Maybe it's humility. Maybe it's uh, whatever it is, uh, how to serve people, uh, unconditional love, stuff like that. So, hey, what is, uh, you know, I love to help people think about their vision. What does 10 years down the road look like for you, for Travis? Because you're 30. When you're 40, what does life look like? Where, where do you live? How many kids you got? Um, what's important to you in 10 years? Uh, what's important to me is that I hope that, you know, I still live in Monmouth and, um, I, that I'm a, that I'm a great dad. I'm a great husband that, um, that I own multiple companies that are the, or nonprofits and that Tim Davis will help me do that. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. that I'll be able to grow into the things that I, that God's will is for my life. I just want to continue in God's will, whatever that looks like, um, we do lots of different things, but I mean, with the whole men's group that's happening, it's, it's just been incredible for growing me. Yeah, yeah. So you're leading the Bible study. Yeah, in a way. I mean, we all lead it, but yeah. Okay. But yeah. I'm always going to be a leader. Yeah, somebody, somebody that actually shows up every week because some guys don't show up. It's true. They kind of come and go and ebb and flow, but Travis shows up every week. I show up every week, isn't it? Yeah. What day do you guys have your Bible study on? It's on Thursdays at 6.30 at Urban Grange. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to have to find a new location. Cause... What about like Broadway? Well, they don't open till 7. But in the summer, we can go there. Okay. Probably at 7. But, um, you should come. Urban Grange, 6.30 a.m. Come this Thursday, next Thursday. You should come. Everybody should go. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, hey, as we uh, kind of get to the end of this podcast, what are some things that are important to you that you want to share that maybe we haven't talked about yet? Something on your mind. Uh, challenges you've overcome, encouragement you can give to men. Uh, what's being married for 10 years your wife? What's the lesson you've learned there? Somebody, okay. so, somebody who's got just getting married right now, what would you say? You know? um, you're going to get out of the honeymoon phase. It's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to be in deeply love with this woman, and then she's going to be worth <laughs> the, the enemy, you know, maybe. Uh, and you have to learn how to work through that. It'll be slow to speak, quick to listen, and slow to get angry in a marriage I'm still fail at that all the time but that's a huge and you have to let her have a voice um, you have to let her um, love her for where she's at and don't put her in a box um, and and that's huge for 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 a wife but yeah ultimately you just gotta trust God you know and and I would like to add like I often when when I was given the crutch as a ADHD kid and all this crap with them pills and people say, oh, you still need to be medicated. No, no, I don't. I've done all these things 
uh, w- without that. And w- by God, by showing people and because of God that I have a beautiful mind and it's like a superpower instead of a crutch mm-hmm. it is, is, is key to anybody who's struggling with mental illness. Yeah. You have to lean on God, lean on your brothers in Christ, lean on your sisters in Christ, but be accountable to God, but be accountable to other men. And also just get through it. Like there's some dark times in my life, but you just push through because like, adversity, pressure makes a diamond, you know? <laughs> so yep. you have to push through. And um, yeah, so that's one thing of encouragement I'd say is don't listen to, to, the, to the haters in your life. Just push through. You can do it without medication. I've done it, you know? And, and you've got medication for, you said, eight, uh, 10 years? No medication. Let's trust in God, man. People love... Me the way I am, not the way I have to be. Yeah. To make In reality, not everybody's going to like us. Right. And right. so maybe, uh, you know, being on medication, we want everybody to like us. But if you're going to get rid of the medication, you're going to be who you are. Yeah. Some people are going to love you and some people are just not going to. And I think that's a hard part is that right. some people are just aren't going to like us. Right. And then really be okay with And it. that's okay. <laughs> right. Right. But I, I love that, man. That, that's great. Uh, the verse that you quoted was James one nineteen and 20. I've had to, for years, you know, use that as mine because I'm, I'm probably not a quick to listen, slow to speak. I'm a quick to speak and slow to listen, you know, but God gave us two ears and one mouth. So oftentimes I have to quote that verse a lot, specifically maybe in relationship with my wife when I need to listen, but I want to talk, just quote that verse. So. That's a good one. Do you have another top verse that you like? That's pretty much it. Well, for in a marriage, for, for sure, because that's key. At, I mean, yeah. and I wrote, just abide in God's will every day of your life. That's another key. You have to abide in God's will, not your own, and chase purpose instead of paper, instead of money. Chase purpose. Uh, so that's big, man. Purpose. What's your purpose? My purpose is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with as many people as I possibly can. And God will provide it for me. I tell people I live on 5%. I don't care about money. Is that cool? <laughs> because Solomon said that it's all vanity of vanities. It's all go away like a vapor. If we store riches here, then we need to store riches in the kingdom of heaven. Ooh. You're a wise You're a wise man, dude. <laughs> Sometimes. No, that's awesome, man. Well, dude, this has been good to hear your story and your journey. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be watching you as you... Uh, show up at the wreck yeah. as you help create some events and do some of that stuff. That's you know you and Tim together. You guys are extroverts on steroids. Oh man, it's gonna be game over for the whole state. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think this is a great opportunity. And so, when did you first meet Tim? Boy, um, recently, right? Yeah, well, it wasn't recently. It was a couple years ago. Okay, because I. I actually went bowling with a friend of mine that I was working with at the time and my brother. My bro- first of all, my brother's always, he's always the third guy. He, he will never not be in my circle. But, um, Trevor's a man. Oh, he's got number one spot. So, but, um, um, but anyway, so we were went to go bowling and he, he walked, Tim Davis walked up to us. Hey, you know, with the wreck and, you know, like I do mentoring and this and that. And like, we went to go sit down. like, man, I'm one of that guy, you know? But then, I started to go to greeters for the other the pool and swap company that I was the the communication director for, and um, and then I really started to get to know him and what he was about, and yeah. uh, listened to his podcast, you know, and and got 
Yeah, and like he's an incredible, incredible man. And the word says, you know people by the countenance of what other people say about them. And I've never heard an ill word spoken about Tim David. That's awesome, man. Which is incredible because obviously he's doing something right. That's awesome. Nope, Tim's a good guy. He said he's one of my really good friends. We've been friends for a long time. And uh, God's doing good work with Iraq, you know, mentoring men. And it's uh, one of those. Michael and I started mentoring guys 25 years ago. And it's my passion. It's the thing I love probably most. Uh, well, I love God. I love my wife. But all the kids, but I love mentoring. Well, that's what gets me out of bed in the morning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, brother, I'll be watching you. I'll be praying for you. Um, you know, Tim's favorite question. So this is to you, Tim. <clears throat> What's your greatest challenge right now, and how can I pray for you? Uh, to be more organized. To, to get a planner out. And... Extrovert with ADHD, be organized. You know, that, that could be a challenge, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the, and the one thing I'd say, too, is like, this is the way my brain works. Something I'm passionate driven about, I'm going to do that instead. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is, I just do what my brain wants to do and I could be hyper focused. You can't on those things. I'll say it. You know, but But you think organization organization is one of the greatest hurdles maybe I'd have have had. So I have to make sure I, you know, have a get a planner. But I got people in my life currently that are uh, helping me. It's incredible. Well you just abide in God's will. God puts all these people on their path to help you. You do it well, man. I mean, you're all in. You're committed. Oh, man. Yeah. It's no, there's no, there's no stop for me. Stop, man. Doesn't matter. Well, cool. Well, I'll be praying for you that you love your wife. You, yeah. you get organized. You teach your kids well. Yes, yes. Um, anyway, thanks for being part of the show, dude. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for listening each week. We appreciate you guys uh, every week sharing our stories. If you ever want to be on our podcast, you have a story you want to share, or if you know somebody who does have a story to share, get in contact with me. You can catch me on Facebook, Instagram. You can email me, buddyp7 at gmail.com. Love to hear from you, and we'll see you next week. Thanks. Thanks, Travis. Thanks. Thanks.